Welcome to TSVC's Deep Tech Founder Series, where we talk to tech entrepreneurs about the challenges they face and the solutions they build. Today, we are talking to Emmanuel Kivi, CEO and co-founder of Probius, and Jetenya Gupta, CTO and co-founder of Probius. Probius is an emerging venture-backed life science company, developing next-generation biochemical analysis solutions that combine quantum sensing and artificial intelligence. We are excited to speak with Emmanuel and Chetenya today. Now on to the episode. Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining us here today. would love to get started with an overview on Probius and what you all are up to. Yeah, thank you, uh, Jessica. Glad to be here. Um, well, uh, Probius was uh, is a company that was spun out of Stanford University in, uh, in 2016. Uh, to bring to market a technology that we believe could be transformative uh, in the way the analysis of biological samples of any kind is done and on the long term how clinical diagnostics are uh, delivered. The uh, approach was uh, invented and demonstrated by uh, Chetanya in uh, Professor Roger Howe's lab in the Electrical Engineering Department at Stanford. Uh, and it essentially mimics a novel model of the sense of smell and the fact that with a very limited number of semi-specific receptors in the nose, a person or an animal can decipher trillions of others by pattern matching their complex signatures. But in our case, instead of the nose, uh, we have a nanoscale sensor built on a chip and instead of a brain analyzing and remembering the patterns of smell, uh, you have machine learning algorithms. So it was conceptually very unique and very interesting that one to many paradigm uh, as effectively the promise of changing how biological sample analysis and the detection of diseases could be done by interrogating multiple scales of biology all at once and very quickly. And because it is small and doesn't use fragile reagents, it potentially can be done outside of central labs or research facilities and deliver almost instantaneously a broad spectrum capture of the sample's biology. So in essence, it is uh, AI driven or uh, it's an AI enabled analyzer that allows us to extract biological information at the fundamental molecular level. Effectively, what it does is detecting vibrational patterns of all biological species and the sample, big and small, and create a fingerprint that is uniquely associated to the sample. It's kind of similar in some ways to Raman spectroscopy, but because we're using electrons instead of light to interrogate those modes, we deliver a thousand X improvement in the information density uh, that can be accessed in the sample compared to optical method. And so once you have that signature, you can compare it with the fingerprints of a specific protein or metabolite or a virus or bacteria to understand if such species is expressed in the sample and at what level. And at its core, it is a multidisciplinary approach that combines quantum science, machine learning and electronics, and of course, biology. So speaking of deep tech, uh, this doesn't get any better than that. What it means to uh, life science practitioner, uh, researchers, doctors, or even people outside of the healthcare and biopharma industries is that you have a very simple yet broad spectrum workflow. You have a disposable sensor where you put your sample, 
you have a readout uh, tabletop instrument which will collect the so-called fingerprint and then a machine learning software stack which is typically implemented in the cloud and allows you to compare the sample fingerprint with a library of thousands of references. And the true and revolutionary uniqueness of the platform is that the analysis is defined by software in the backend and the physical interface that collects the data is universal and um, everything is captured from the sample all at once. So in the end, what it means is something that is much more efficient for the analysis of biomarkers and provides the access to insights that you couldn't get with existing analytical tool sets. You had mentioned that Titania was the one who had initially come up with the idea, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about how the idea behind your platform came to life. As Emmanuel mentioned, um, this was an outcome of um, my graduate work at the University of Illinois, which then transitioned over into postdoctoral research at Stanford. And so as part of my uh, graduate work at the U of I, um, I was exposed to doing bioanalytical assays. And as a novice in uh, you know, those kind of workflows, um, the one thing that I came away with from that exercise was that um, these assays are hard to do um, because they tend to rely on sort of finicky chemicals, reagents, and workflows that don't always work. And they require a considerable amount of experience on the part of the practitioner to do correctly. And so I came away with that experience, um, you know, and uh, thought that there has to be a better way of doing this. Another element of this, which is sort of interesting at a conceptual level, is that these assays or workflows are sort of customized and designed to be specific to the kind, to the analyte or target that you're looking for. In other words, the platform, the sensor, the physical sensor is designed to only look for a particular target and it discards information about everything else that's there in the sample. So you're not doing context specific sensing, it's just looking for a molecule X and that is it. Because um, you know, you're not doing context specific sensing, so you have to initiate these workflows with some kind of hypothesis in mind. So you have to go in saying, okay, I'm going to be looking for X, so I'm going to be choosing chemicals, reagents, and workflows that allow me to look for X and nothing else. And so at a conceptual level, this way of sensing or you know, analyzing biological samples is very different to how sensing happens in organisms. You know, I think about the sense of smell, the sense of taste, um, where A, we do not formulate an a priori hypothesis as to what it is we're looking for. Um, you know, we're essentially absorbing all the signals that we can from the environment, and it is our brain in the back end that is essentially filtering those signals and making sense of, you know, what those signals mean. B, if we are looking for molecule X versus molecule Y, we don't put on a different nose or a different tongue 
to be able to taste or smell molecule X versus taste or smell molecule Y. It's the same nose, the same tongue that allows us to look for both X and Y. So again, you have in, in natural sensing, you, you, the context in which you're looking for something is, is also important. And the physical sensor, which is performing this sensing function is universal in scope. It's not customized for a particular target or a particular molecule. And so, you know, given this sort of thought process, given my experience with biological assays and how finicky and difficult they were to do, I figured that there might be a better way to performing these kinds of bioanalyses using the natural paradigm of sensing that we find in our sense of smell and sense of taste. That's awesome. Super cool to hear more behind the founding story and how you were able to combine these different experiences and insights together to create this really transformational technology. We'd love to dive a little bit deeper and hear a little bit more about how bioanalytical testing is done today and how your platform improves on it from both the technical as well as higher level customer engagement perspectives. Okay, so I, I can take the uh, technical aspect and I'll let Emmanuel talk about um, customer engagement. So from a technical perspective, maybe the best way to explain it is using an, the analogy of how we used to do things, pre-personalized computing era, where you know if we wanted to look for a travel agent, we'd pick up the yellow pages, search for the travel agent, if you want to make a phone call, you pick up the phone, make a call. If you want to do banking, you go to a bank. If you want to travel, you get a paper map, you know, map out the route of where you want to go, figure out how you want to get there. Uh, post uh, personalized computing, all these functions can basically be done on a single platform, either the computer or a smartphone, where the functionality comes from the uh, software app that is installed on your phone. And so the hardware is universal. It's the software that allows you to customize the kind of function that you want to perform. And so what we want to bring to the life science industry is basically that kind of paradigm shift where you have a single hardware platform that can allow you to run many, many different types of analyses where the type of analysis is customized through the, through the use of, basically it's customized via uh, an app where the app is basically a machine learning model that filters the incoming data from the sample specific to the kind of target that you're interested in. That's awesome. And Emmanuel, if you wanted to share some thoughts from the customer engagement perspective. Yeah, so, you know, as, as Chaitanya uh, was explaining, effectively flipping the script and moving from a reagent-centric approach to a compute-centric approach. And that allows us to make our platform target agnostic and uh, gives us the ability to analyze biology as a whole system and acquire a very broad biochemical phenotype of the sample or the disease with just one single workflow. With existing toolkits, which tend to be fragmented and application specific, you don't have the ability to build the meaningful and critical correlation that you have at the genome level, proteome level, metabolome, and microbiome 
And uh, that makes it difficult to characterize the disease and how it can be influenced by environments and, and patient history. Our platform solved that and allows this correlation to be made. And thanks to the integrated view that the signature is providing, we can help people converge on therapeutic targets and disease biomarkers much faster. And also because we have a, a very rich feature set that is describing each sample, it is possible to go beyond the simple analysis and start correlating entities within the matrix as well as across species. And that could be transformative for the biopharma industry by enabling more predictive insight from the preclinical model that they do at the earliest stage in vitro or in small animals to their translation into clinical studies that are conducted in human. For example, uh, allowing them to predict an off-target toxicity uh, for potential therapy. The, the other point is the same consideration can also be uh, applied in healthcare and how we manage and understand uh, the patient's uh, health state. The key, because not every patient is the same and biomarkers are not perfect, um, you have to uh, rely on criteria that are based at the population level and that can be off target. Yes, you can tell if you are sick and how sick, but it's very difficult to predict at the individual level the trajectory of a disease and how each unique individual should be treated for the best outcome. A lot more uh, parameters like history, environmental factors, diet, etc., will influence that trajectory and the best way to capture an integrated view or as many markers as possible and across multiple scale will be important to build those correlation between them and def help define the, uh, and understand the, uh, the disease state. Another important element associated with um, um, you know, our users and customers is that the nature of the platform allows us to decouple the sample acquisition from the analytical workflow. And that enables the deployment of the platform in a decentralized way and closer to the patient. And by doing that, we can dematerialize the target analysis and turn that analysis into an on-demand uh, software-as-a-service type of uh, paradigm, like uh, Chetanya was suggesting. So you can pick your target and your application by selecting a specific training data set, a specific set of algorithm, and you can do that on-demand with level to no latency instead of having to run conversion tests using dedicated ins instruments. And all this has a very distinct potential benefit for healthcare. For example, you can deploy optimized screening and diagnostics tool more efficiently, in particular at the bedside or in a remote and underserved location to minimize the latency from diagnostics to actionable uh, clinical uh, insight. You can also provide a broader set of information to um, uh, enable more efficient patient triaging uh, with biomarkers that are tuned to specific individual instead of using the average of the, the population. And then going further, it is possible to retrain and quickly redeploy these tools that can be optimized over time as our understanding of the disease biology evolves. That means you don't need to create a new workflow, deploy new instruments. You just update the data and the algorithms and deploy them over the air with no latency. 
And finally, the use of all that data can be leveraged over time to potentially discover nascent signals in the population that can help uh, with therapeutic uh, discovery. So that, that's at the healthcare level, but the software as a service nature of the platform can also be beneficial to pharma research because when the data is captured on precious samples from clinical models, everything the platform can capture becomes a digital version of the sample, a digital twin, if you will, of the sample biology. So you can discard the physical sample and start the data mining effort, test hypothesis without having to draw more sample and run the models multiple times each time you have to validate a, a new idea. So in essence, this is a real um, a way of uh, saving time and saving money uh, by integrating all the information into one workflow and moving the analysis into a, uh, a software as a service uh, platform. That's super helpful context and definitely see lots of potential for impacts and transformative change across the healthcare sphere. So appreciate you sharing that context. Would love to hear now at what stage of the commercialization process you all are in and how you connect that to fundraising goals and processes. Sure. So uh, as I said, we, we started in 2016, and uh, at that point, we were able to secure some friends and family money, uh, as well as additional grant uh, uh, money from DARPA specifically, that helped us refine the science be behind the platform and, and validate it with a few proof of concept studies. Once we had that, we were able to raise our uh, seed round. Uh, this time, the money was used to sharpen our pencil around the customer-facing implementation of the platform and the initial application that we wanted to validate before effectively going to market. And that was sanctioned by completing and fielding what you call a, a minimum viable product, minimum viable version of this platform, which included a disposable sensor, a benchtop instrument, and a cloud uh, user interface. And, and with that, we're able to sign a, a handful of pilot engagements with customers and partners in uh, biopharma and, and clinical research. So in, in that context, a few examples um, have been uh, around showing with the same workflow, our ability to measure the concentration of, as I said earlier, small metabolite, therapeutic molecules, proteins, even single cell organisms such as bacteria, and do that directly in complex matrices like whole blood and serum with the exact same platform. We were able also to do at a higher level, um, uh, showing the ability uh, to use the broad spectrum signature to classify samples between healthy and disease with a very high degree of accuracy. For example, we apply that to uh, chronic disease like uh, type 2 diabetes, but also infection like tuberculosis. And from there, using these uh, phenotypes, we were able to further mine the, the data to expose which biochemical species were responsible uh, for the disease expression. So we now have built a, a very healthy uh, set of demonstration with real world example diseases and samples. And now our plan is to um, uh, go to market serving the preclinical market to help um, the biopharma industry and researcher accelerate the discovery of biomarkers and therapies by uh, providing not only uh, the ability to customize assay on demand, 
but also leverage the broad spectrum disease phenotyping capability to improve uh, disease model translation and also refine their clinical model for uh, better uh, patient stratification. So for us, there is already good traction around toxicity profiling and immune response profiling, especially in the frame of longitudinal studies to uh, assess treatment efficacy. Um, and it's also attractive because that initial market doesn't require regulatory oversight from the FDA. So it's faster time to, uh, uh, to market. So where we're at now is that we raised uh, our Series A earlier this year to support that commercial launch of the platform and the scaling, uh, which is very important of our hardware and uh, software deployments. Um, we'll progressively launch application-specific turnkey solutions over time. Uh, but we're already ready to serve strategic customer with an existing uh, tool set. And our near-term goal is to gain initial traction and maturity in the preclinical market, reach commercial scale, and eventually uh, expand into other applications, especially uh, clinical diagnostics. That's very helpful to hear, and I appreciate how you laid that out next to the fundraising stages and respective goals. Uh, my penultimate question would love to hear a little bit more about your deep tech journey from inception to commercialization. Sure, uh, maybe I can start here. So um, my experience with deep tech is usually, you know, it begins with a scientific discovery that is cutting edge in nature, you know, incubates in an quasi-academic research lab. But these, um, you know, scientific and academic projects sort of seed with a 20-year vision in mind. That vision being a sort of a disruptive change or a paradigm shift in an industry uh, by virtue of this technology that gets developed in this academic lab. And so there's a big gap between a research project and a product that someone would pay for. And that gap is often you know, a valley of death. Um, and so it takes time, it takes patience, it takes a multidisciplinary effort to develop and evolve the different components of the offering that will eventually go into what ends up being the commercial product. The other element of this is that, you know, you have to build a product that someone will buy in the present and not 20 years from now. And so there has to be uh, quite a bit of multidisciplinary work, experimentation to fine tune the technical offering and to also fine tune the business model that accompanies that technical offering. So that at the end of this exercise, you have a viable product, a disruptive product, but a viable product that someone will pay you money for. If, if I can further those thoughts, I, to me, there is a critical difference between uh, companies that are built on incremental yet very valuable product ideas versus companies like ours, which rely on deep tech platforms that have the potential to uh, disrupt the status quo or even become uh, a, a category defining business. For companies like ours, the intrinsic novelty and the complexity of the solution makes the need to uh, educate the market and convince key opinion leaders absolutely crucial. There is risk obviously associated with the new technology development and the nonlinear nature of that journey, 
but a major hurdle is about reaching broad acceptance by the market. That takes effort. You need to build trust and support from early adopters and partner. And then this can be leveraged to scale the ability to reach other customers. You do that through publications, seminars, and other ways of spreading adoption, such as uh, grant program. But to be able to get to that launch pad, uh, as Chetanya mentioned, there are really three elements in my mind that are critical. Uh, first, you need to build a team of talented and very passionate people who have, they have grit, that are resilient, that are patient, and people that will be comfortable with some level of uncertainty. The second element is that you'll need to back every claim uh, with robust data. It is a lot easier to lose credibility than earning it. And finally, uh, you have to be careful not to scale too quickly. You cannot put the cart before the horse, and it always takes more time. And this is even more true when new sciences turn into commercial applications and into reliable solutions. My last question for you is I would love to hear from both of you, your vision and what you're excited about in the future of the company. Yeah, so um, it, it is a very ambitious goal, but uh, we think that we have achieved our vision of decentralized testing and, and biological sample monitoring. If in 10, 20 years, you can have our platform in any shape or form closer to the patient, uh, it could be at home or in pharmacies, to decentralize the analysis of blood, urine, saliva sample, and make it very easy to conduct that type of analysis routinely. So instead of doing your physical once a year and get a sparse account of your biochemical activity, you can imagine capturing the probius fingerprint much more often to help you build the baseline of your health as a broad spectrum signature, or what is often referred as a phenotype, and as soon as you start diverging from this specific phenotype, an alert can be made and countermeasures can be implemented early. This is the, the same ideas, if you will, as having a fitness tracker, but instead of measuring superficial um, uh, elements, you get into a much deeper and broader view that allows you to catch things early and easily. So that's generally the vision. Yeah, and to follow up on that, um, you know, what what we see as sort of the, the grand goal of the company is to make data be the linchpin of human health using our platform as the funnel to gather and process that data and when we're talking about human health um, you know we're not just talking of um, health in the context of diagnostics but we're also saying that we, our platform would be critical to the discovery and the development of therapies that could potentially alleviate um, you know, diseases that impact human health. That aside, our platform could also potentially be used to monitor what goes into our bodies by way of food and drink. So think of the Probius platform as this universal overarching tool that leverages data and machine learning to impact human health in a positive manner. Thank you for tuning in to TSVC's Deep Tech Founder Series. Make sure to subscribe to never miss a podcast. Until next time.